How good does all of that sound? How good does that sound? The Dodgers are world champions on the heels of a Laker world championship, too. Just a fantastic time to be here in Los Angeles and be a sports fan. The Lakers, the Dodgers, who knows what's coming around the corner. Go Rams. They're 5-2. and two. Let's have a Super Bowl party as well. All right, you heard it right there. We're going to take as many phone calls as we possibly can. 877-710-ESPN. ESPN Radio is presented presented by Progressive Insurance, and all of our guests on the show appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. We're going to do all of that. We're going to talk about Seager and Mookie and Kershaw and Kenley and everything that happened in this World Series, everything that you want to talk about as well. There are a million different angles to this. There's the Justin Turner COVID part of this too that's just absolutely unbelievable. We'll get into that a little bit. I want to talk about Julio Urias, who was just so bleeping good through this entire postseason. Think about what that dude did real quick. He got the last nine outs of the National League Championship Series. He got the last seven outs of the World Series. And was there ever even one second, one single second where you didn't feel like that guy had complete control of what he was doing. That is a good feeling going into those late innings, knowing that your guy is absolutely locked in, fearless, and pitching the best baseball of his life. We'll get into Kershaw, finally getting rid of the yeah, but we've got a million things to do, but we have to start right here. We have to start right here. Kevin Cash. We, I mean, there, there really is no other thing to say other than Kevin Cash won the game for the Dodgers last night. He did. I mean, we, we you can talk analytics. You can talk spreadsheets and pie graphs and bar graphs and equations and all these things. I understand it that the influx of really smart, mathematically minded guys into Major League Baseball, the Ivy League is pumping them out left and right, right? They're filling up every front office in Major League Baseball, including the one here in L.A. This is the way that it's being done right now. And they are smarter than me, period, full stop. But this stuff does not tell you the whole picture, and it absolutely blew up in their face last night. Blake Snell was as on as any pitcher you are ever going to see. Okay, And I'm not talking about perfect games and all those things. What I'm talking about is when you have to have a guy at his very best, Blake Snell did that last night for the Tampa Bay Rays. He faced 18 hitters. 18 guys came to bat, and he struck out half of them. Half. Every other guy that came up to bat struck out and walked back to the dugout with nothing. Of the other nine guys, two of them got base hits, and one of them was just a soft little single to center field. That's it. One ball, I think literally one ball, and it was an out by A.J. Pollock hit to third base that Wendell snagged was hit hard. He had not given up a hard hit ball in five-plus innings, He had thrown 73 pitches, which by major league standards is absolutely nothing. And they went and they got him. And they went and they took him out. You tell me. You tell me what was your reaction when you saw Austin Barnes get that hit in the sixth inning and Kevin Cash jumped up like somebody had lit his pants on fire and ran out to the mound to go get Blake Snell. He hadn't gotten one step onto the warning track before he was tapping his right arm to go get him. Bring in Nick Anderson. You could see it on Snell's face. He couldn't believe what was happening. I get it. Analytics are interesting and useful, and they tell you a whole bunch of information. Namely, 
what is the right decision to make over the course of a 162-game baseball season? Namely, if you do X, you're going to get the right result X percent of the time if you do it over the course of an entire season. And over the course of this even shorter season, Nick Anderson was in high leverage relief pitcher. He was very, very, very good. Okay? Nick Anderson, if you were watching... If you were appreciating what was taking place, Nick Anderson had given up a run in seven consecutive appearances for the Rays, going all the way back to the Yankee series. For seven straight games, when Nick Anderson came in, he gave up a run to the Yankees, to the Astros, and to the Dodgers. Blake Snell had struck out Mookie Betts two times in a row last night and done it pretty easily. You know how hard it is to strike out Mookie Betts? Do you know how good your stuff needs to be to make Mookie Betts look lost? And you're taking him out for a guy that given up a run in seven straight games to face Mookie? You did Mookie a giant favor. I get it. Snell's a left-hander. Anderson's a right-hander. You want the right-right matchup. Well, I'm telling you right now, Mookie for this season struggled far more against left-handed pitchers than he did right-handed pitchers. Uh, we didn't want him to get a third look at, at, uh, at, at, at Snell. Why? You afraid he's going to strike him out a third time? You afraid that you're going to win the game too easily? Every single Dodger fan I know, from me to Greg Bergman to every call we took last night to every fan that I talked to on the postgame show last night, at that moment, they're like, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win because you just took out a guy that the Dodgers didn't have an answer for. You did the ultimate favor to them because once Snell was gone, the game absolutely changed. It changed on the spot. You have to watch what's happening. And look, let's just flip it on its head, right? What happened in the other dugout last night? Dave Roberts was watching with his eyes. Dave Roberts was not watching that game through a spreadsheet. Dave Roberts had done the spreadsheet thing in previous seasons, and we know how that worked out right? Dave Roberts had made some decisions along the way because that's what you're supposed to do that didn't work. Last night, you're looking at it, and he went and got Tony Gonsolin at exactly the right time. He brought in Victor Gonzalez at exactly the right time. He brought in Julio Urias at exactly the right time. He left him in there for exactly the right amount of outs. He didn't miss a shot, and it wasn't because the math was telling him to do it. It's because his eyeballs were telling him to do it. I'm not one of these dinosaurs that's screaming and yelling about math ruining baseball, that the shift has ruined baseball. It has, but that's for a different reason. What I'm telling you is the math has a place. It absolutely has a place. But so does paying attention to what's right in front of your bleeping face. No one had hit Blake Snell. It, it hadn't happened. They, I mean, I, I just cannot, for the life of me, understand why you. Let's let's do this. Let's say Mookie Betts comes up and pops one. Okay, two to one Dodgers, and, and the Dodgers have the lead. It's still the right decision. It's still the right decision. You're only down a run. You gave your guy that had not gotten touched all night, a guy that he'd struck out two times in a row, a guy that he'd made look bad two times in a row, you give him another look. And if at that point you want to go get him, it makes perfect sense. Not before. Not for a guy that'd given up a run in seven straight games. I get it. You're bull- Hey, we're built on hitting home runs and, and, and a lights-out bullpen. Okay, I got news for you. That bullpen in this World Series was not lights-out. It wasn't terrible. 
It wasn't like you knew that the second you got the starter out of there that you'd start the merry-go-round and start stacking six, seven, eight runs. It wasn't that. But I don't care. In all of these games, the Dodgers got to the Rays' bullpen. The Dodger lineup is relentless. And when you have a guy that has them a little bit on tilt the way that Snell did, leave him out there. Now, Cash was a stand-up guy afterwards. He took all the questions and did everything he could, and he didn't do what I think the most obvious answer is, which was, hey, look, guys, this wasn't my call. This isn't my call. Kevin Cash has been around baseball his whole life. You don't think he knew that he wanted to leave that guy out there? He also probably wants to keep his job. He probably also wants to know that if, if he didn't do it and it blew up, then he's probably toast. Right now, they're probably saying he did what he's supposed to do. Let's keep it rolling. Let's do it again. Rays, Rays are good. Now, they're in a different situation than the Dodgers because they can't pay their best guys. Randy Arozarena, I mean, how many zeros did he add to the end of his career? Or this contract, I should say. I mean, I know he's a ways away that he's a rookie, but my, oh my, what an unbelievable talent that guy is. Very quickly, how about this? That first inning, Arozarena went deep. What goes through your mind? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is a bad start. Tony Gonsolin wiggled off the hook at the first inning. I know he didn't pitch well. I know that he didn't even get out of the second inning, but what that dude did that was fantastic that's going to get lost to the details of history, he kept that at one run. Home run, two guys on back-to-back, a base hit and a walk, and you're thinking, oh, no. You cannot let them put up a three or a four right here because coming back from three or four runs, it's really very difficult. One run is not a problem, as we saw. Dude got off it. He got out of that mess. That was a mess waiting to blow up, and he got out of it. He went out there the next inning and created a new mess. And at that point, you're like, I can't, we're not going to do this twice. In comes Dylan Floro to face Randy Arozarena again in the second inning. Three pitch strikeout. We're in Kershaw, we're all going to remember. Urias, we're all going to remember. Seeger was the MVP. Mookie's one of the best players in baseball. Bellinger's a former MVP. We're going to remember all those names. Dylan Floro arguably got the biggest out of the night, and it was in the second inning against their best hitter. Those are the things that just kind of go away because you win and you're excited. That was huge. Huge. That guy should walk around with his chest out for the rest of his life for what he did right there. And while middle relief guys, you know, spot guys, never, ever, ever get any run because they're on a one team one year and they're on a new team the year after that and a new team the year after that. That's just the nature of that job. That guy absolutely positively deserves a place in Dodger history because without that strikeout, God only knows what happens. It was absolutely fantastic. You can be a part of the show on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football is back, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. We're going to get right to it. All of your phone calls are coming up next on a World Series celebration on 710 ESPN. But first, it's time for some straight talk. Look, we all drop our phones. It happens, unfortunately. You fumble it, you crack it, you splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless now offers this new Platinum Unlimited plan that includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and data, plus 25 gigs of hotspot and 100 gigs of cloud storage and more, all on the best networks. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. See mobile protect terms and conditions at osurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Blake Snell will not face top of the order third time around. They saw what happened in the fifth inning. Snell is not saying anything, showing his displeasure. 
But he is showing his displeasure with a little shake of the head. He is not happy that he is out. He was fantastic tonight. But the Rays are sticking to their analytical guns, if you will, and that is bringing in a new arm third time through the order. I'm not going to question him. I mean, he's a hell of a manager, so I'm not going to question him. Uh, I'll voice my opinion, and yeah, I can only look forward to, you know, the offseason, what I'm going to accomplish this offseason to get ready to, you know, be the best me I can be for, for next year. But we came up short, and the only thing you can do from this point is get better and focus on what, you know, what I can do to be better for next year. This year is over with. Congrats to the Dodgers. You know, they played better than us. Uh, and they earned it, so so good job to them. But I want to be the guy that stays out there as long as I can, and you know, give this team the chance to win every ball game. And it sucks, you know, being pulled. Blake Snell's a better guy than me. Blake Snell is a better guy than me. I would have handled that far differently. Yeah, he's not happy to be taken out. I'll tell you what, it's time for some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. I was happy that he got taken out. Every single Dodger fan in Los Angeles was happy that he got taken out. If you didn't jump off of your couch when you saw Kevin Cash jump out of his seat, I don't know what to tell you because that was the game right there. It was just an extraordinarily bad decision. I don't care what math was in play. It was an extraordinarily bad decision. It was just an absolute mess. Let's get right to it. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. We're going to celebrate on the phones all morning long. Let's start in Laguna Beach with Brian. Brian, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up? Hey, Trevor. Woot, woot. FDFT <laughs> here, buddy. Hey, listen. I think we got to give this Kevin Cash guy a break. People are talking a lot about this whole the analytical aspect of it. It's the third time through the lineup. His ERA blows up the third time through the lineup. But what people don't realize that Kevin Cash did is that it was also the lineup's third time through Blake Snell's face. (laughs) And that's a big issue, and that's something Kevin Cash realized. It's a lot like going out without sunglasses, Trav. Trav? Yes. You go out without sunglasses, and a lot of times the sun, is. it's really hard to look at the sun because it's so bright, but you keep going out without sunglasses, and eventually you get used to that bright light in your face. Well, it's a lot like that. It's a lot like going out without sunglasses, except much harder to look at. And, of course, I'm talking about Blake Snell's face. So these guys, the first couple times through the lineups, they're like, Doc, I can't pick up the spin. It's, I, I, don't, I just can't see the ball. It was hidden in his like, face. Oh. Is that your point? Oh, this, is it the spin rate? What's going on? Is it a four-seamer, two-seamer? And they go, no, man. It's that face. It's too distracting. Look. I don't know what to do. I can't hit. But eventually, the third time through, they kind of get used to it. They kind of get warmed up. Yeah, it's not right. It's not a good experience. No. Look, look, it, was, it was a good experience for the Dodgers, to be sure. I don't know if Blake Snell's face had a lot to do with it. I, look, we'll never know. He never got a chance to go through that third part of the lineup. Thank you, Brian, in Laguna Beach. That was uh, an interesting way to look at it, to be sure. Uh, Look, I don't care if it was his face, his stuff, Kevin Cash, whatever it was. I was just glad to see him walk off of of the mound when he did because the Dodgers had done nothing (laughs) against him. Let's try L.A. this time. And Mike, Mike, you're on 710 ESPN. What's going on, my friend? Yeah, hi, Travis. Uh, You know... 
I'm kind of like you. I've been saying this for a long time. You got to use your eyeballs. You got to use your gut. I'm an old school guy. Analytics are fine, but you know where you can stick it where the sun doesn't shine. And as far What's as going the on today, <laughs> we got a face call. We've got us where the sun doesn't shine call. What's going on? Well, come on, Travis. I can't handle analytics. It's like, you know, so. Anyhow, maybe this is the wake-up call for the rest of the baseball world. And could you imagine, Travis, if Walker Bueller was going six and a third and and, and Dave Roberts pulled him? Oh, my God. Yeah, I I think that's a really good point, Mike. Thank you. Look, that that is a really good way to look at it. If the Dodgers had been – flip the script, right? Say the Dodgers had been narrowly holding on to a one-to-nothing lead and Walker Bueller was – dealing and the Dodgers kept putting guys on base and but they just couldn't get any runs across and you knew that you weren't going to have that opportunity and they would have gone and got him we would be having an absolute riot right now it would be just bedlam if that decision was made but analytics I think Mike you're making the mistake that some other people have made and it's this it's not either or it's both of these things together simultaneously it's not you are a sabermetrics disciple and you devotedly follow the numbers and you never make a decision away from what the math is telling you that if this is a 51 percent advantage you do that move and you don't even think about doing anything else it's also not that scene from Moneyball where oh he had an ugly girlfriend let's not draft him because he lacks con that's stupid too it's both of these things it's the math is going to tell you generally what is the right move to do the math is going to tell you that over the course of many many games this is a result that you will get most of the time but there's also something to be said for no one's touching this guy and they weren't, and they still made that decision. It was, it was a mess. Let's try Costa Mesa this time. And Ernie, Ernie, you're on seven ten ESPN. What's up, Ernie? Hey, Travis. It's good to be on the radio with you, celebrating the first championship in thirty two years. Um, I've been one of Robert's biggest critics, and I just want to say thank God for Cash. I mean, the Dodgers didn't have anything going for them yesterday in the first few innings, and once they pulled now. I knew they were going to come back and win that game. Yeah, there are there are just moments like that, aren't there, Ernie, where it just feels like this is your moment to win the game, and they decided not to throw their best punch. The second he came out, I knew that I felt like this game had turned in favor. The Dodgers hadn't even scored yet, but it felt like, okay, here it comes, and sure enough, it came. Barnes gets to third base on Mookie's double. Barnes scores on a wild pitch. Mookie's at third base and then scores on a ground ball to first base because he's that good of a base runner and he's that fast. It was just, it turned the game on the spot. And Greg, I don't know about you, but I, I literally, when they when they made the decision, I jumped off of my chair and said, I can't believe they just did this. They handed the Dodgers the game. I, I was saying the exact same thing. I was sitting there with my girlfriend. I was like, oh my God, they took him out. Are, they really took him out. This was It was shocking to me that they did this. And this is the exact same thing that I feel like Dave Roberts would have done in in 2017 Mm -hmm. 2018 and actually he did it in 2018 against the Boston Red Sox game four it was a 2-1 lead there was the Red Sox were up 2-1 and in game four Rich Hill was throwing it was in the seventh inning with one run and one hit against him and they had the lead and Dave Roberts came out it was 91 pitches pulled him and Hill wanted to kill him yeah Hill wanted to kill. It was a whole the whole thing. It was the exact same move, and all of a sudden that game ended nine to six mm. with the Red Sox winning. They end up winning the game in five games, so it was the exact same move. And Kevin Cash made a Roberts 
type mistake from a couple of years ago. It, Roberts changed the way that he was doing things, pulling early instead of late, and it was just the right, it was the absolute wrong move for Kevin Cash to make. We'll talk about the moves that Dave Roberts made because I thought he was brilliant, not just last night, but in game five as well. I thought that after what happened in game four, there was another opportunity for the Dodgers to kind of say, oh, here we go again, to start to have a snowball effect of terrible decisions, and they didn't. They handled it really, really well. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive, celebrating eight years of donating cars to veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. More of your phone calls coming up. 877-710-ESPN. That's 877-710-3776. If you're on hold, stay there. We're going to get to you. Plus, I want to get into what that championship last night meant for one Dodger in particular. That's coming up next on 710 ESPN. Once again, man, all those other years don't matter. It doesn't matter who wins, you know, like all all those other years don't make this any sweeter, you know, like winning the World Series, if you're in the playoffs for the first year is just as sweet. So like, this is what we've worked for our whole lives. Like this is every single one of those guys that has worked their whole lives to be a part of a World Series championship team, myself included. So nobody those other years are are done with somebody won the World Series and it wasn't us. And now we are the ones that won the World Series and that I can't get over saying that. It's just amazing. That's Clayton Kershaw after the win last night, after the Dodgers became world champions. And I hear what he's saying, and I know what he's trying to do, but I just don't agree. It is sweeter having gone through all of that. It does matter that the narrative that was out there for him for so long is now gone forever. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and all our guests on the show are going to appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line that Clayton Kershaw had the yeah but for, what are we talking about? We're talking 10 years at least, right? Going all the way back to the Dodgers' eight consecutive divisions. Going all the way back. Clayton Kershaw is as sure a thing for the Hall of Fame as there is. There, there is. there is no sure guy out there. Not Albert Pujols, not Mike Trout, who are both obviously sure things as well. Clayton Kershaw is one of those guys when it comes to the Hall of Fame. It's just, we're, we're done here. He's in. We're Move on. Next guy. But there was that story about why isn't he the guy that we see for six months in the seventh month? It's it's been here for too long. The the math, it wasn't just a bad game or two, right? He'd pitched over a hundred innings in the playoffs, and the numbers were telling you he was just a guy. That had to eat him alive. That he got one last night is so wonderful. And not just that he got it, but that he was an essential component of why they got it. He took the ball in game one and was razor sharp. Razor sharp. Vintage Kershaw. Just went out there, boom, 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 boom. Game over. We win. Clayton Kershaw, thank you. Comes back in game five, and I don't know what the opposite of razor sharp is. Dull as a butter knife, maybe. And he 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 wasn't good. But that made it so much better because he went out there and just blood and guts his way through a night and won a game again. The, the, the thing that he was not able to do so many different times, he did it last night, or he did it, I should say, in Game 5, and put them in a position to go do what they did last night. That has to make it sweeter. It has to. I get it. The, professional athletes are different than you. They're different than me. They're different than anybody else who doesn't play sports for a living. And what they're really, really good at, maybe with the exception of Kevin Durant, is just letting stuff go. They're able to just kind of let it go and move on to the next one, and it doesn't consume them the way it does other people. Again, Kevin Durant's a different story. But he heard it. Let's go back a year. Let's go back one year ago 
what do you remember? What's the what's the when I say Clayton Kershaw? If I would have said this to you, what's today? Today is October 28th. If I would have said to you on October 28th of 2019, what's the first thing that pops into your mind when you think of Clayton Kershaw? The answer would have been that picture of him sitting in the dugout with his head in his hands, looking just absolutely heartbroken, just devastated, on the verge of tears, literally. It was, and why wouldn't he have been? He just gave up back-to-back home runs, and the game spiraled out of control after that. And what was the quote he said after the game? Everything they say about me is true. Fast forward a year and he's the bleeping World Series champion and he won two games and he won four games in the postseason. It feels like a lifetime ago, but remember, he got scratched from game two of the NLCS. Remember? And it was, here we go again. Here we go again. And the dude showed up as big as he ever has. I don't know if I've ever cared more about an individual getting a championship than I do about Clayton Kershaw getting that last night. It was just so wonderful, not just to see the Dodgers win it, which is his own brand of wonderful, but to see Clayton. you see that smile on his face? I mean, have you ever seen more joy from a guy just watching the last out? Strike three, by the way, swing the bat, dude. But strike three right down the middle, right? I mean, that's a middle-middle fastball. I don't know what you're looking for, but that's pretty good pitch to hit. And just that look on Kershaw's face, it was so wonderful to see, Greg. I mean, I, you're a Dodger fan just like all of us. It just was such a wonderful moment. Yeah, and him running out of the bullpen, you could see him look up into the air and just go, finally, like he was just, he was just so excited. And I think what's greatest about this thing for Kershaw is that at least in LA, I don't really care about the rest of the country and everyone's going to be like, oh, well, what, he still did this in the playoffs or whatever. But in LA, he is going to be known as World Series champion Clayton Kershaw. No one's going to be like, oh, he can't get it done. There's none of this stuff. Now he is just the dude that you see in the numbers. Champion, three-time Cy Young, MVP. That's it. That's it. And, and and that World Series championship is the exclamation point on the end of all of that. And I could not be happier that it happened. Don't forget, you can download the free DraftKings app and use the code GREENY to get a free shot and millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Let's go back to the phones here. 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Inglewood and Ace. Ace, you're on 710 ESPN. What's going on? Man, I was so happy for uh, Curtin, man, uh, Kershaw. Just to see him out there with his kids, man, and kissing his wife and the, the big smile on his face, man. You know, he did it, man. He proved the doubters wrong. He won his chip. And, you know, there's, there's nothing they can say no more. We're going to love that man forever. But mm-hmm. my second point Man, this city, man, I'm, like this city is really special. I'm just so excited to be a part and to live in this city because, like, we, we definitely always come together when the Dodgers and the Lakers are winning. You know, we, we come together and we support our team. Even when the social justice was going on, you've seen all those people out there just coming together, man. Like, this city is really special, man. I'm excited to be a part of it and to raise my kids in it, man. And, uh, yeah, man. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, man. You got it, Ace. You, you and me both. It, it was just, it was a great moment. I mean, it was just a great moment last night. It was a great moment two weeks ago when the Lakers did it. It was a great moment again last night. I mean, they're, it, it's a little corny and it's a little cliche, but it's true, man. There's just nothing like that. Like, like you said, you just, you watched the news last night. You saw every different person that's in this city. And this is one of the great cities of the world where everybody from the rest of the world comes to to live here. From every different culture and background and country and language, everybody's here. 
and everybody was wearing a Dodger cap last night or wearing a Dodger jersey last night or, or had a flag from their car. And apparently, all of you brought a lot of fireworks with you too because last night was crazy. It looked like the 4th of July. Where do you get those fireworks at last minute? I mean, you all have a garage full of fireworks that I don't know about. How do I get in on that? It's just awesome. Just absolutely awesome. Let's try another one. Let's go down south again. Laguna Beach and Ryan. Ryan, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up? What's up, Trav? Hey, but between uh, being up all night, Beckner's call, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to get through this. Um, hey, I, as you know, I've got a huge appetite for all things Corey Seager. Me too. Uh, it, it's It's crazy to think just a couple of years ago with him not being able to stay healthy that we were thinking that he might not be the future at shortstop. I hope he feels vindicated. I know I do going to bat for him all these years. Uh, there's no reason to not lock him up long-term. Uh, secondly, on Turner, I have absolutely no problem with that guy being out there on the field, and you won't find one guy in the locker room uh, who would disagree with me uh, at his age, being part of the core, and, and his last year as a free agent. Going into free agency, he mm-hmm. deserved to be out there. Uh, don't forget to get your taco today. Last <laughs> question, Trav, when are we going to Apple Pan to celebrate? <laughs> you you tell me, Ryan. I'll meet you there. Give me a day and a time, and we will absolutely. I'll, I'm a hickory burger with cheese and onion, fries and a Coke, apple pie a la mode, and uh, I'm all in. Everybody knows the Apple Pan here. Um, on me. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. I will take you up on that. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, Corey Seager, they, they tried to trade him. Remember the Francisco Lindor conversation? Look, Lindor's great. I don't know if Lindor does that. Manny Machado is great. When they when when Corey Seager got hurt and they went out and got Manny Machado, that was a great replacement. But I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little victory lap right here because I've been on this radio station for a long time saying this. So this is not me jumping to the party late. If you didn't see what that guy is, you don't know what you're looking at. You're talking about a guy that's nearly six foot five. That moves around at shortstop like he's five foot ten, covers an incredible amount of ground, hits left-handers, hits right-handers, hits for an average, hits for power, is a good, good teammate. You can tell. You can tell he's getting more and more comfortable talking because Corey Seager is not known for saying a whole lot. He was hurt last year, and everybody's saying, "Ah, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen for this guy." He led the damn National League in doubles last year. He sucks. No, he doesn't. You're not paying attention to what he does. This is what happens after Tommy John. He got healthy about a year later. It takes some time. Even after you're quote-unquote healthy, it takes more time after that before you're the same. He's had hip problems. He's had he's had some injury bugs. The one knock on him is that he has a little trouble staying healthy. Well, you saw what it is when he's right. He didn't miss a barrel Going all the way back to spring training back in February, they shut it down for three months. They restart in summer camp. I vividly remember seeing those games, watching those inter-squad games, the blue against the white, and he was tattooing everybody. It's like, wow, okay, he's going to get off to a good start this season. But if you've ever watched baseball, nobody stays hot for three months. You stay hot for three weeks, and then you kind of come back a little bit, and then you kind of ebb and flow through the rest of the season. You don't stay hot for three months. He did. He stayed hot. You don't win the NLCS MVP and then turn around and win the World Series MVP. I think they said that's the eighth time that's ever been done in the history of baseball. Been playing Major League Baseball for 140 years. Okay? It doesn't happen like that. 
Just an extraordinary player. I'm thrilled to see him get it. And yeah, I'm thrilled to be right as well. More of your phone calls coming up. 877-710-ESPN. Remember, there is no better place to get in on all of the football action than with DraftKings' official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has a free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. Download the DraftKings daily fantasy app right now and use the code GREENY. For a limited time, new users can get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week and it is free that's code greeny to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit only at DraftKings. make it rain minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility easy for me to say eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details this team was incredible um all throughout the year all throughout the postseason all throughout quarantine you know we never stopped we we were ready to go as soon as the bell was called and once it did, we, we, we kept rolling, you know, we, we had an unbelievable postseason, um, both, sides of the, both sides of the field. We, we ran bases, we pitched, we played defense, we, we hit, we, we scored runs, we needed to, we were in big places. I mean, you can't say enough about what we did this year. That's Corey Seager after the win last night. That, let, let me rephrase, that is MVP. Corey Seager after last night's win. His numbers are just flat out stupid what he was able to do uh, in the World Series last night. Just a extraordinary performance for him in the World Series. I mean, just every single man, whether you want to talk home runs, runs batted in, the guy got on base 14 times in six games. 14 times. He had eight hits and six walks in six games. That is an amazing performance and certainly worthy of the MVP. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Pennzoil Synthetic Motor Oils are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30 and our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed is up and running as well. This is from Big Chorizo. The yeah, but continues. 60-game tournament, almost one-third the season. Just saying it'll be said, Trav. Stop. It'll be said, and it'll be said by people that are not paying attention. It'll be said by people that just don't get it. More of your phone calls right now. Let's go on the road. Let's go to Frank. Frank, you're on 710 ESPN. What's going on, Frank? Hey, what's it going? Uh, Look, all I got to say is I respect the Dodgers for being one of the best teams in the last five, seven years or so. They win a high percentage of their games, and I've always said in baseball, that because it's a long and grueling season that the best team is usually not the one holding up the trophy at the end. However, it's a tough pill to swallow when only 30 37% of the season was played. And it's just, it feels more like it's uh, it's not fully validated to all the other teams who won. Why? What, what, what do you what do you need to see? What, what didn't you see, Frank, that you would have liked to have seen? They won 43 of their 60 games. They won easily in the opening division, which, by the way, never existed before. If anything, and I appreciate the call, Frank, but that's crazy. That's just that's just absolutely wrong. It, it, it's not I'm OK with a difference of opinion. What I'm not OK with is just aggressive wrongness that that is wrong. This was harder to do than in any other season. I understand there are fewer games. I understand that baseball is a war of attrition for a lot of time. And you're right about the fact that the best team doesn't always win. That's what makes this fun, right? What If this was the end, look, I love the NBA too. The two best teams almost always end up playing each other in the NBA. 
almost always, if you have the best team, you can almost guarantee a spot in the conference finals, if not the NBA finals. That's just the way that basketball works. I have the best player. I have LeBron James. I'm going to the finals. That's how basketball works, okay? Baseball's not like that. It is a war of attrition. It is kind of getting through the bad parts of the season. There's nothing about this Dodger thing that was fluky. They didn't sneak in. I was worried about the 60-game season because I thought it might give you some weird champ. Where You know what would have been a perfect example? The, the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins got into the playoffs because for two months, they kind of got a little lucky. They're okay. They got some good players. It's not one of the best teams in baseball. And then when they beat the Cubs, you're like, oh, no, it's going to happen. But it didn't. It didn't because the Dodgers were the best team. The Dodgers were the deepest team. The Dodgers were well-managed for the most part. The Dodgers were just better than these other teams, and then they played like it. It didn't. They didn't just say, okay, you know what? There's a pandemic. We're going to play 60 games and go straight to the World Series. Best of three, you get a World Series. It wasn't that at all. It was harder. It was harder they were bubbled. It was harder the Dodgers just won a World Series playing two playoff games in Dodger Stadium. The the Dodgers were playing in Dallas. Okay? In Dallas. How weird did it look seeing those white uniforms in Dallas? Those are the best uniforms in baseball, but they look a little weird in Dallas. Those white uniforms belong in Dodger Stadium. There was an extra round. They had to beat Milwaukee. I get it. They went right through them. It's kind of ancient history. Weird stuff happens in base of three. They went through the Padres are good. They beat the Padres. The Braves are really good. They beat the Braves. The Tampa Rays, I don't know how good they are, but they did have the best record in the American League. They did have a really nice pitching staff, and they beat those guys too. I don't I, I, the, the idea that this is somehow illegitimate is insane to me. They came back from a 3-1 deficit. What else would you have liked to have seen them do? Go down to the ninth inning of Game 7, down 10 runs, and put an 11 on the board? I mean, I don't know what else you want. Santa Monica and Steve. Steve, you're up next on 710 ESPN. What's up? Hey, guys. Uh, First of all, gentlemen, thank you for a great show. This is a really exciting day for all of us. I want to give a shout-out to the kind of person Corey Seager is. Uh, 2018, I was in rehab, and he was there rehabbing when I was there. Mm. And the guy was there from morning till evening, every single day, just working hard. And the therapist said that uh, there's nobody nicer and kinder to everyone there. And that's the kind of guy he is. So I couldn't be happier that he's MVP, uh, not only for his performance, but for the kind of professional and the kind of individual that he is. Yeah, I, I agree, Steve. I mean, I've never had the pleasure of, of meeting Corey Seager, so I don't know what sort of guy he is. He certainly appears to be a great guy. Uh, one thing we haven't mentioned about Corey Seager that I think is vitally important, what a great head of hair. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that guy's got the best hair in baseball. Every time he took off his hat, I'm like, that is amazing. <laughs> Sounds good, man. He's the man. I'm glad he got the MVP. Me too, Steve. Thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Um well, I mean, I don't know what else you're looking for from a baseball player with that guy. He plays the arguably the most important defensive position on the field that isn't the catcher. He does it at a high level. He hits for home. He hits home runs. He gets on base a lot. He's fast. He's a good base runner. Got a strong throwing arm. There's just there's not too many holes in this game. We talk a lot about Mookie and everything that he brings to the field, and he certainly does. And I'm not saying that Corey Seager is in that Mookie category, but he's not that far from it either. 
He he had as good of a season as you're going to see, and everything that came his way absolutely was well-deserved. Let's try Compton this time. We're going to go to Gerardo. Gerardo, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up? Hi. I Hi. just want to give props to uh, Alex Wood. Yeah. Here's a guy. He wasn't even on the roster for the playoffs, and he came in yesterday and just started striking people out. And he actually turned into a, a little mini pitching duel with uh, with Snell. It gave the team a lot of confidence, and we were able to come back. I, I couldn't agree more, Gerardo. I think that, you know, much like I mentioned Dylan Floro, thanks for the call, at the beginning of this, Alex Wood's performance is one of those things that you're going to forget about in a week or a month or certainly in a year or two because that game was – it was at the tipping point in the first couple of innings. Tony Gonsolin was not sharp. Tony Gonsolin got out of the first inning. He he did. I mean, he wasn't sharp, but he got out of a mess. A run in, two on, and just one out. He got out of it. Dylan Floro got a huge strikeout of Randy Rosarena in the second inning after he had already homered that night. That game, or I should say the game was tipping at that point. And then in comes Alex Wood the next inning, and he, for two innings, he was spotless. He was absolutely spotless along the way. He didn't give up anything. I mean, and like you said, this was a guy that really never found his groove all season long. He was hurt. He was in and out of the lineup. He really never had any really clearly defined role in the bullpen. He had a spot start here and there. He was left off the roster in the early rounds of the playoffs, added to the roster later, and he delivered two innings last night, struck out three guys, no hits, no walks, brilliant. Because what it allowed to happen was all of a sudden, everybody calmed down a little bit. At the beginning of the game, you, you tell me how you felt, because this is how I felt. At the beginning of the game, when a Rosarena hit that home run, I'm like, all right, let, let, let's see what happens next. Then another hard hit ball. Then a walk. And you're thinking, oh boy, he got off of it. And he, but goes back at, immediately right back into the fire again, and Floro had to come in and bail him out. And then from that point forward, the Dodger pitchers were really never in any trouble. They really cruised the rest of the night, and Alex Wood set the table for that. I can't tell you how important it is just to have that, because down one run, it's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. Being up one run is terrifying, right? How important was it a couple of nights ago when the Dodgers had a two-run lead? How important was it last night that they had a two-run lead because one bad pitch doesn't lose the game for you or doesn't tie the game for you? You've got a little bit of cushion, and Alex Wood kept them at a run, allowed them to stay where they were and let the guys settle in, and then Kevin Cash eventually pushed them over the finish line. It was huge. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that was an incredibly important part of what they were able to do. There was another guy last night, too, that they could not have done without. I'll tell you who that is coming up next on 710 ESPN. But first, got to tell you about my pal Sweet James. Sweet James Bergener, 800-500-5200, the People's Accident Attorneys of SoCal. If you have been hurt in an accident, if you have any questions about your accident, if you have a question about your insurance company and whether you're getting a fair shake, please call Sweet James. SweetJames.com, 800-500-5200. And it is as simple as this, and nothing matters more. He's got your back. He's on your side. He's making sure that you're not being taken advantage of. He's making sure that you get what you're entitled to, not the insurance company. He has your back. Nothing matters more. 800-500-5200. SweetJames.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Find out for yourself why he is the People's Accident Attorney of SoCal. SweetJames.com.